Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. Whenever I go to weddings, I do look at them and think, what has God got for you ahead? Because when we were getting married, we got married here, and when my dad pronounced his man and wife, my dad actually burst into tears when he was doing it. And I wasn't too sure if it was because, thank God, she's gone, or... (laughs) But when we looked ahead, I can look back now, 27 years on, and think, do you know what? We have been through some horrible lows, horrible lows and some high highs. When we struggled to conceive babies, the, the heartache we went through to the joy of being able to conceive. When both of our fathers died, do you know, we could look at the heartache of what we had to go through. But the benefit was my kids got one grandpa who was absolutely madly in love with them. There's so many things that we can look over our time and we can think, that was really hard. But God always brings balance, not just balance, but he brings more than above, more than we could ever hope or expect. <sighs> God has got good plans for you. Mo, when he turned 30, sent me a text and he said, Fiona, what would you, as an older person, now tell your 30-year-old self? And you know what, he sent me into a spin because I just got myself thinking, what would I advise to myself? Like when we became pastors, all hell was let loose against us, but I never thought I would find so much joy in doing the job that I'm actually doing. It's like good and bad can actually happen, but what? would you advise your younger self to watch out for, to put in place? Because there's so many things in life that are completely unexpected in our lives, things that we never actually could predict, yet here by the grace of God sit all of we. Can you not agree with me? What would you say to your younger self looking ahead? I would say this, know the one who holds you all together, the one who holds you in the palm of his hands. You see, we can actually look to the older generation and we can say, do you know what I love about the older godly generation? Because there's the older generation and there's the oldly godly generation and they're two different things. When you go to the older godly generation, they're usually very encouraging towards you. They usually can bring so much comfort. Because I don't know about you, I know when in my younger self, even now, I can get myself in such a tiz over the things I've got to face, over the things I've got to do, over the things that are coming against me. And I can get myself into such a tiz that when you phone up somebody who's older, a godly person, they can just bring so much calming influence upon you. you It wouldn't be the first time I've sat outside that door in my car greeting in a right mess because of things that are going on. And we've phoned up older pastors who've been in the job longer than us. And I'm usually ugly crying. <laughs> like, oh, my I want to give this job. I don't know what I'm doing here. And they'll go, it's okay if you're been there. You will get through it. You see, you older generation, we need you to speak words of comfort, words of guidance, words of picking us up, because all the things that we've faced, you've already faced and you've already come through it. And you know what you had to learn. What would you tell us as your younger self from the things that you've already been through? I would tell you every time, listen to the Holy Spirit, because all that we need to do with the Holy Spirit at the absolute center, center 
of all that we say and all that we do. He will lead you, he will guide you, he will guide you in all truth. He will be your comforter. Let you always walk with the Holy Spirit. If we were to look at some of the Bible greats for all that they have been through, their journey of faith. Now, I, I take the Bible and I think, now what would that person actually be telling me? I even think about what would my dad actually be telling me? Would he be saying to me, Fiona, get a grip. Fiona, keep on going. There's times I've been really annoyed that he's gone. So I think, you know what, I'd love your advice. I'd love to hear what you've got to say on this. Am I right? Am I wrong? What would you say? What would be your advice on this? This is why we need you older godly people, because we need to hear. You need to help prop us. I'm saying younger. <laughs> we need you to prop us up. We need you to say it's okay. This is how much we value the older generation. A generational church is always a strong church. If we just had all youth, it would be a Malie. If we just had all the older ones, it would be a lot more sensible probably. But we absolutely need each generation. When you've got the grandparents, the parents, and the kids, what a strong church that is. It really is. Some of the Bible greats, what would they say to us? I think Moses would say this. He would say, it's okay. When God asks you to step up and speak and your fears are overcoming, your insecurities, how you're actually, your inadequacies are just all flashing up in front of you, it's okay because God will give you a voice when you need to have your voice. You see, when you feel hounded by the, the, the enemy and your back's against the sea, believe me, God will make a way that will absolutely shock you. Do you hear the Bible greats just speaking to you? What advice would they actually give to you? You see, he would also say, if you don't know where your next meal's coming from, look up. God will provide. What would Abraham say? He would say, if God asks you to give to him something that is exceedingly precious to you, don't go around and ask 26 people to ask their advice to hear if you actually heard from God right. Don't fleece it three times, but go and obey God, but keep your eyes on the bushes because you never know where God will actually provide for you. What would Joseph say? Joseph, who would be sitting in the middle of the pits, he would say, you know, if you find yourself in a position where you know you have had so much favor in the past, but you find yourself sitting in the middle of a pit, because your loved ones put you there? Remember this, God always has a purpose. A purpose for everything that has happened in your life. Just obey. Noah, I think Noah would say, look, if God asks you to do something that's completely crazy, if you're looking at the weather forecast and there's not a, a cloud in sight, not even a cloud the size of a man's hand what other people can actually see, if you're looking at the, the weather report and it's saying there's no rain due and then you're looking at the God report and God is saying build a boat, do something exceedingly crazy, yes, you're going to look like the crazy man, but will you just pick up your hammer and start building? You see, the things that God asks us to do sometimes just seem so outrageous, so ridiculous, so crazy, but God is saying pick up the hammer and start building. I'm quite sure Noah's family would say to you, hey, you've not been asked to sit in a stinking boat with all these stinking kids and all your in-laws. Do what God has asked you to do. 
You see, God's plans are always way bigger than what we actually see at the time. You see, if God asks you to do something, it's because he's got plans as to why he wants you to go through it, why he wants you to do it, and why he wants you to be obedient. Just do it. What would David say? David would say, hey, when you know you have the anointing upon you to lead, but your father doesn't believe in you, your siblings are just treating you like the sandwich kid, stick with it. You don't necessarily need other people to believe in you if the word of God's already been spoken over you. What would Esther say? Esther would say, if God's asking you to speak up for the defenseless, those who'd be marginalized, and yet you know there's a death threat against you or your reputation's being ripped to shreds, Go and do the things that God has asked you to do. The upside is you'll turn out looking and smelling great after a year in the spa. What would the likes of Sarah say to you? Sarah, I think she would say, you know, when you've had to dream in your heart for so long and it's not come about and your heart's sick, when God actually turns up and says to you, See this time next year, see that dream, that hope that you've had, it's actually going to come to pass. I think Sarah would say to me, Fiona, don't mock the word of God. Don't mock the promises that God has spoken over you because you will never know when the timing of God is right because when it's right, it will come to pass. I think she'd also say, don't push your luck. <laughs> don't push it, don't force it to make sure you get what you think is the right thing for, for to happen. You see, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, I reckon she would say, Fiona, get around the God dreamers. You see, the dream within you, when you connect with the God dreamers, they actually cause your dream to leap with joy within you. Get around the God dreamers because they will keep you focused on what God has got for you. Because the plans that God has got for this church are way greater than what we could ever actually imagine. This is called our journey of faith, and we're not the first ones to walk through it. When we allow God to take us through our journeys of faith, like all these other people in the Bible, our faith levels deepen. We actually grow in our belief and expectations of God. God I know that God has been speaking to Gordon and I over the last few months in such a way. He's been growing my heart. He's been growing our capacity to Fiona, let the church see that the plans I have for this church are for good and not for evil. Plans that will bring prosperity. Pra plans that will actually see you go places and do things like you have never done before. You see, none of this, I know my dad's office used to be up behind here. My dad was the pastor of this church for, I don't know how many years before us. And I know that he used to walk around this place, praying around this place, praying up in his office. I believe for the older generation who have prayed into this church that none of these prayers are wasted because they have been planted like seed in this church for you guys who are sitting in the pews today. You have been prayed over. Just so much, though, is unknown about what's ahead of us. And I want you to be aware that the enemy is on red alert for this church, and he's trying to cause trouble and stirring up in many different areas. You see, when God has got a call and a purpose on a house, the enemy will step up to cause trouble, dissension, stir people's hearts. What's going on? It's something we don't know what's actually happening. And the trouble starts to begin. And there's brewing that goes on. 
And I just want to say to you, God today is going to be bringing in a, an oil on troubled waters that is going on in your heart today. How can the enemy stop us? Listen to this in Isaiah 54. It says this, Isaiah 54. Has it managed to get that one? It says, enlarge your house. Enlarge your house. Build an addition and spread out your home. This is talking about this church. Spread out your reach into Dundee Gate Church. Spare no expense. Do you know when we're actually going to go into the Gardine and we're going to do a church here and we're going to do a church at Gardine, say, spare no expense. Can you believe me? It's not cheap to do. Spare no expense for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Thank you, Mo, for encouraging me. Jabez, when he actually stood up, he said, God, will you bless me? Will you enlarge my territory? That is what I'm praying over this church. Lord, will you bless this? How can the enemy stop us? Fear. Now, I know that Ian Mackey actually spoke about this two weeks ago, about addressing fears that they, we overcome in our heart. How can we stop? How can we stop advancing? Fear. You can't do it. You don't have the people. You, can't, you don't actually have the money. All these things bank up, and yet every argument that comes against us, we can actually quantify saying, God will make a way. God is our provider. God is greater than he who's in us, is greater than he who's coming against us. You see, if God's got a calling upon you, you just pick up that hammer. I may look like the crazy dude, but I'm going to build my bow. Are you with me? What's another way is that God can actually, or the enemy can get you to lose your passion. You see, you used to look forward to coming to church and just bit by bit, when things happen, circumstances, then you start to hear stories about what's going on and you start to lose your passion that you back off going, I'm not too sure if I can be a part of that. And people start spreading rumors. Do you know what? If God is going to build a house, the house will be strong. Our foundations have to be in the word of God with the anointing upon us, upon our worship, upon our teaching, upon our small groups, upon our children's work. This church has got the anointing of God. Do you know you felt it in worship this morning, didn't you? When you know you can walk into a church and feel the presence of God, God is right there in our midst. Be expectant, people. What would Paul say if you had such a fear of expectation of what was going on? I don't know if I can move church funeral. I don't know if I can move building funeral because you know what? There's all these issues I've got to face. I think the apostle Paul would say, get a grip. I had to endure the prison. I had to endure. I've watched people be stoned. What would the apostle Paul be saying? He advanced the kingdom of God. Moving a church building, it's not going to be the issue. The issue has to be within here. God, if we want to see Dundee, be reached. Because I know there's a call of God in this place. I know there is. There's so many people in these, in, this, in these faith stories. There was Noah. Every one of these people I mentioned, it was all for the generation to come. Noah, why did he build his boat? Why did Abraham do what he did? Why did Esther speak up? It was all for a nation. It was all for the next generation. Sarah and Elizabeth, they were ushering in the next generation. Mary, it was for all of mankind when she gave birth to Jesus. Our story of faith will take, your faith will take your obedience, and your faith or your obedience has got the power to influence the next generation, whether it be for good or for bad. Hebrews says this. I want us to look at um, Abraham. Hebrews verse 11, chapter 11. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when he called, when God called him to leave home and go to another land, that God would give him as his inheritance. Listen to this. 
cracking next scripture verse. Listen to it. He went without even knowing where he was going. <laughs> Can anyone relate to this? We take a step off the map and say, God, I don't really know where I'm going, what I'm doing, but I do know that you are right there leading me and guiding me. He didn't have, no, didn't have a clue where he was going. And even when he reached that land, God had promised him, he lived there by faith. Say after me, by faith by faith. In other words, this is saying he still didn't know what he was doing. He still didn't know who he was going to see, but he lived in that place by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in the tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham, though, listen to this, was confidently looking forward, i.e., in his journey, he didn't really know. <laughs> he, didn't know what, he didn't know what he was leaving behind, but he didn't know what he was looking ahead to. He was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations and a city designed and built by God. I'm looking forward to seeing this city of Dundee with eternal foundations built by God. Now, I know that this is actually talking of heaven, but Jesus actually taught us to pray for your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm going to take the scripture and say, God, you are the eternal builder of this church, of this city. You have a plan and a purpose for this city, and we will see your purposes prevail here in our city. Now, we can look at all the prophecies in this church. One of them being that completely blew my mind, and it was a long, long time ago, was we would have 33 church plants. Now, I look at that and think, uh, God, without you, there's absolutely no way that could possibly happen. You see, God has called this church to be a church of one church with many locations, and that is where we're going towards. Abraham, he stepped out not knowing where he was going or what he was doing. If God calls us, he will equip us. If God ordained it, his plans and his purposes will prevail. If we know that as a purpose, God will always make a way. Abraham, give over your best. Abraham, give your son. Do you see where God has called the, the men and the women of God to give so much? And they didn't know where it was coming from, how God was going to provide, but God will always provide and make a way for you when you walk with him. Do you know, have you ever been with kids on a journey and say, Mom, where are we going? What are we doing? His, Raina used to get up first thing in the morning, especially during holidays. Mom, where are we going? What are we doing? Who, who are we going with? What are we going to eat? What's the plan? When are we leaving? And it used to drive me nuts because she likes absolute detail. Have you sat in a car with a bunch of kids? Are we, are we there yet? Are we nearly there yet? Mom, I need a pee. Mom, if you get anything to eat, food's in the back. It's like you've constantly got to be on the ball with what's happening when you've got kids. If you, do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Mom, when are we going to stop? You can be like that when we're doing a church plant. Do you know who's leading it? Do you know what's going to happen to the worship? We've had people saying to us, um, is there going to be non-Christians leading the worship? Is it, are, you, Gordon, are you and Gordon actually going leading the church? No, we're actually staying in the church because this is where God has planted us and this is where I know that we're going to see this kingdom or God's kingdom grow here in this church. So many questions have been put to us and I'm here to put oil in trouble's waters to say, Men and women of God will always lead our worship. The Bible will always be taught as Jesus is the center who died and rose again in this church. That is the absolute fundamentals. 
God is also getting us to look outwards and say, you know, it's not all about you with the belly button Christians. Yes, you'll always get a cup of tea afterwards, but if all you're looking for is a cup of tea and a wee digestive biscuit, then you are in the wrong church. Because we want to be a church that is outward focused to see people who actually come to know who Jesus is. We are a church who will do what the Apostle Paul did. We are a church who will do what Mr. Noah, who built an ark, did. We are a church who will be like the Mary with the dream, or the, the Elizabeth, who've got that promise and that dream within that says, I do believe that what God has said to me will come to pass. That is who we are. God's plans and purposes will prevail. How am I doing with my time? Am I doing okay? Okay, I just want to say, if someone else comes to you in this church and gives you a story about Gordon and I, that you think, that can't be Gordon and Fiona, you're probably right. Come and talk to us about it. Come and talk to us about it. Because we've had people who have sent us letters and emails, oh, I'll have to leave the church because I heard X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, who are you listening to? What tosh are you listening to? I want to bring the spirit of truth into this place and say, Gordon and Fiona are staying. The church is going to grow. We are not going to be intimidated and neither are we going to be controlled because the only person we're going to be controlled by is our heavenly father. He is our way. He is our truth. Do you know the enemy? Can I tell you, my God does not know how to fail and neither does he know how to fail in me? See, victory is his language, cultivating is his culture, and faith is my future. I'm going to say that one more time for people who didn't quite hear that. Are you listening? Put your ears up. In fact, to put it down in one of these, I probably haven't got it in order, Mr. Marrick, I'm sorry. I said here, God does not know how to fail. I'm going to preach to myself. Fiona, God does not know. Go and put that one away if you don't mind. The next one, God does not know how to fail. Victory is his language, cultivating is our culture, and faith is your future. Joe, when Gordon and I went to a pastor's retreat in May, we actually went with Tony Miller, who, who came to his church a long time ago, and I would absolutely love him to come back. He's a rather, a man who fills the stage, let me put it that way. He's an incredible man of God who is a pastor from America. He's also a prophet. He's got a church of about 3,000 people. And he invited about, I don't know, was it six different couples about that to come and actually spend a few days with him in this lovely house. I mean, it was just flipping stunning. And my first degree was at art. And I looked around this place, there was all these different artworks. And I'm just like, and Gordon's going, focus, focus. I'm like, do, do you see this? Do you see this? This is actually Henry Moore sculpture. There was all these famous artists all around about, and I'm like, this is incredible. You see, God knows what I like, and he ticked my box. See, Fiona, I know this will bring you joy. Let's tick your box. For Gordon, it was food. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when we went to this pastor's retreat, you know when God speaks to you. This guy, who was also called Tony, and his wife was called Tony, so Tony and Joni, this guy who... Um, it was a prophet, and I just knew God said to me, go and ask this man to pray for you. So he was Sam's time, and I went, would you pray for me? He said, yes, because God's given me a word. I'm like, great, you're a dancer. It's what I needed. When somebody you don't know comes in and talks to you and tells you exactly, gives you numbers of people who you know have affected your life, not for the good, when you know that God can pinpoint through a man all that's going on in your life, you listen. God, if you know that, then I know that what you're about to say is the voice of God speaking to us. So listen to this, listen to this. Okay, listen, are you listening? Tony Miller said this. He said, now he's speaking over us personally, and then he also spoke over the gate. So I'm giving to you what he's spoken over you as a church. I hear the Holy Ghost saying, I'm coming to move you from the place where you have been stuck. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By the way, see when this actually was spoken over us, I was doing that ugly crying. that I actually didn't hear it at the time, and I'm so glad it was recorded so I could go back and actually hear it. 
Even in this year of 2019, before the end of this year, I'm going to break down the stalls that have contained you. The son of righteousness is going to rise and he's going to have healing in his wings. Who knows that they need healing in their body? God is saying he is coming in with healing. By his stripes, you are already healed. Things that have been hurt and broken and disappointed are going to be healed in 2019. Yes! I hear the Holy Ghost saying, I'm removing the barb. And you must know the healing power of God is flowing not only to you, but through you. Can I say my vocal cords have already been healed? Thank you, Jesus. And in Dundee, I'm going to make a strong prophetic word. Are you ready for it? I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to make a strong pronouncement over Dundee. Dundee is about to have an awakening. Yes! I hear the Holy Ghost is saying this. It's coming a great awakening over to the city of Dundee, and everything that has been locked down in intellectualism, and everything that's been locked down in formalism, which is like a critical approach to analyze all that's going on, and a tradition and secularism is going to bow at the foot of the cross, again in Dundee. And at that cross, at that cross, people will see the light of their own life. Get ready, people of God, because this church has been prepared for a great move of God that we have never seen before. Some of you are sitting there like that. What can we learn from Abraham's journey? I can tell you this. Like Abraham, we may not know the how, but we do know the why. We may not know the how, but we do know the why. The unknown, I, I titled this talk, The Unknown Known is in God. The Unknown Known is in God. The unknown known about what we're about to do, what we're about to step out into, it's all in God. Because God shows us the way. He is the spirit of truth. He will lead us and guide us in all things. The unknown known is in God. Our purpose in this church, one of the things that we say is our purpose is growing people to bring Christ into our communities. That is our, our tagline of our church. Our purpose is to grow people, to bring Christ into our communities. God wants to do something new here. Abraham, when he went out, verse 8, it said he went out without knowing where he was going. All I can say is this. If Abraham didn't know where he was going and he had all these promises, all these prophecies, he was a great man of God. If he didn't know where he was going, who he was going to meet up with, what direction he was going to go in, if he can do it, then so can we. It's not that we don't know exactly what we're doing. We have plans. Many of the plans of the man's heart, but the purposes of God will prevail. Everything we do, we submit to the Holy Spirit and say, God, what's our way? What's our truth? What are we doing? Everything that we do. Just because you're not in the know, just because generations before you have prayed and you come from a generational family line of Christians, it doesn't mean to say you're going to be in the know. This isn't just a, this isn't a rebuke. This is biblical. <laughs> I've taken this straight from the Bible. But Abraham was asked, go follow me to a place you don't yet know. All Abraham was asked was, just trust me, just obey me. Everything he did was by faith. Abraham was also, the second point here, as a generational builder. Everything he did was for the next generation. Again, I'm going to say it. A generational church is a strong church. We need the older generation, we need the middle-aged people, and we also need our younger people. A generational church is a strong 
strong church. Verse 9, he lived there by faith, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same, who inherited the same promise. We may not know our how, but we know our why. We are building church. He, God is asking us, be okay with not knowing all the details ahead of us. Be okay with it. Learn to trust God. I may not know where you're going to sit. I may not know what's actually going to happen. We have an incredible team of administrators, and they usually try and keep me out of it in case I cause any confusion. But they will be providing buses. They will be providing... All the amenities that we have in this building will be done again in the Gardine building. And on a Sunday night, we will be doing church here at six o'clock. You see, if God, if I was the compass of this church, I'd be doing everything that I know I can do according to my faith, according to, no, according to my knowledge, according to my abilities, according to my talents, according to my finances. But you see, God is never limited by man. He always asks you to step out and do more than what you ever thought you were capable of. For all these greats that I just um, spoke about, God asked them to do something that was way beyond what they thought was ever possible of themselves. And I love this, verse 10, it says, confidently, this is Abraham, confidently he looked forward to a city with eternal foundations and a city designed and built by God. Here's the thing, we have to look with faith and not with fear. The fear of the unknown because there's things that are going to happen in your life. What would you, an older person, be telling the younger you what to look out for? Do you know, as a pastor, I'm just saying, just trust. Just trust. We don't have all the answers. I never will have all the answers. Do you know what God is teaching us in this journey? Is He is greater than what I could ever think or hope or imagine. And the things He's got for this church are greater than we could ever hope or imagine. Okay, I was looking for a wee bit of a response there. <laughs> well done, Fiona, well done. My third point is this, by faith, he made his home. Do you know what? In, he made his home in a foreign land. When we take this church and we move out to the Gardine, I'm asking you, by faith, go make that your home. By faith, he had to step out. God is asking us as a church, let's step out. Let's not be contained by this building. It's a beautiful building, by the way. We want to make it look completely different for a Sunday night. We want to have a completely different vibe. And there's a team of people looking for, how, and we're always looking for more people. Come join us. How can we build this? How can we make it look different from a Sunday morning? Sunday morning is fabulous, by the way. But how can we do church different? Because each church has a different personality. We're one church with different locations. How can we do church in a way that's more connecting with other people who don't yet know Jesus? One of the good things was when we went to the Gardine, people found it quite a lot easier to get to the Gardine. Why? Because they weren't walking into a church building. That's a bit off-putting at times. They went into a theater and it seemed to be so much easier to go in. Do you know what we want to make that this church gets out to the community with who Jesus is? You see, Jesus went out to the people to feed them. Jesus went out to the people to feed them, to clothe them, and then to give the truth. That's why we've got the community fridge, by the way. Do you know the community fridge has completely smashed all its targets? I think it had 18 tons for one year, and in the first month or something, it's got a third of its, I don't know if I've got my figures absolutely right, a third of its at a target. It's just incredible the amount of food that's going through there. And do you know what that's doing? It's actually getting the name of Jesus be lifted high. Why? Because the gate is actually attached to it and we actually represent who Jesus is. This is why, because I've had people saying, why on earth are you doing the community fridge? Well, for a start, I've been getting my lunch free most days, <laughs> which I have to say I'm not complaining about. 
but also we want to be a blessing in our community. We want to be who Jesus is to the people. He went, he took the food and he multiplied it. If Jesus can do the practicals, then we can do the practicals. I am who Jesus is. Okay, so I'm going to go back to my four points. Our God does not know what failure is. Gate church, God does not know what failure is. You can talk back at me. I'm really not that scary. God does not know what failure is. Victory is his language. So let victory be our language. Cultivating is his culture. So let cultivating be our culture. And faith is our future. You see, God is the God of the unknown. What we don't know, believe me, God does. Abraham, he stepped out and he did something that he didn't know what was ahead. He knew the why, but he did not know the how. The why was he was building for his future and for the generations to come. That is what we are doing as a church. We are building for, it, for the generations that is to come. There's no point in sitting here, this church just being for us, because then when the time we die off, there'll not be a church. Every generation has to pass on the baton to the next generation. This is who God is. This is the truth of who Jesus is, so that they can keep going with the next generation and his praises can always be heard and always be seen and its truth always be brought out into his city the city that is designed and built by God the architect Fiona I'm going to preach to yourself because you're not getting much response from the people here God is the architect of this church and of this city and his plans and his purposes will prevail I'm going to ask you all to stand with me please We have a challenge in this church that we make a way for the next generation. We have a challenge in this church that we be generational builders. We have a challenge in this church that we make church home wherever we go for those people who come in. We have a challenge in this church that we will confidently look forward to all that God is building and all that God is doing in this church. God is asking us, will you be okay with not necessarily knowing the how but knowing the why. <clears throat> Father, we just come to you. We thank you, God, that you always speak so clearly through the word of God. I thank you that, Jesus, you are the center of all that we do in this place. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us and you guide us, that our spiritual ears are, ho are open to hear the voice of God speak and lead and guide. Father, may praises always ring out from this building and from wherever we are. May your praise always ring out. When we find ourselves in the middle of a storm, when we find ourselves stepping out, when we find ourselves doing some of the crazy things like building, Father, we want to be the crazy people that say, but God, that you are the one that builds. You are the one that brings forth your word. You're the one that actually provides Father, when we are faced with you asking us, can you give of your best, we can say yes, because we know, God, that you will always provide. When you say, church, will you step out? Will you go and build in other areas? We will say yes, because we know, God, that when you are with us, you are for us, and with you, God, that we can build further and greater than we could in our own strength. Father, I ask, O oh God, that your anointing would rest on every one of us. I plead the blood of the Lamb over your children, over marriages, over your families. I thank you, God, that the plans that you have for us are for good and not for evil, that you have a future and a hope for every one of us.
And Father, we just want to resubmit ourselves before you and say, here we are, O oh God, here to do your work. Send us, O oh God, that every workplace, every home will hear the name of Jesus be declared, his truth and his ways. Father, you have prophesied over this church from many places of this earth. When other pastors have called us, when prophets have called us and said, God is getting ready to move in your city. Father, we want to be poised and ready. You said, build your barns and I will fill them. Father, that is what we're doing. We're building the barns and we're stepping out in faith. We may not know the how, but we know the why. We will continue to build and build on the rock. We will build on Jesus.